Ah, praise God. Anyone grateful for God's mercy, God's grace, God's help in their lives? Come on, anybody, amen. I am so grateful for the mercy of God, for the grace of God, for the help of God. I was today back here just praying, Lord, I need your mercy. I need your grace and I need your help. Come on, who needs God's mercy? Right? Who needs God's grace to become all that He's called you to be? Come on, do you need His help, church? I love that He's not done helping. <clears throat> Amen? No matter who you are, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter what you've already overcome, He's not done helping. He's not like, well, this far and no further, just stay here till you die. <clears throat> no, He's not done helping. And any time that you hear a sermon preached from this pulpit or any pulpit that preaches the Word of God, and any time you think to yourself, <clears throat> man, that's tough. Remember, He's not done helping. Amen. He can help you become everything that He calls you to be in His Word. Amen. He's not done. So any time you hear a sermon, or read the Word and feel convicted in your heart by the Holy Spirit, number one, thank you for your mercy for yesterday, God. And thank you that you're gonna help me tomorrow to become what you're convicting me in my heart right now, amen? He's not done, amen? He's not done, praise God. Thank you for your help, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Today I'm gonna preach a sermon <clears throat> that um, it's a little scary, this sermon. I've had it on my heart for a couple of years and I haven't wanted to preach it, but I've felt that I need to preach it. Um, you know, there's things in the Word that you don't want to talk about always, but you know we need to talk about, you know? And uh, also, I'm gonna have a little fun today too. So, uh, and some of the parts of my sermon if somebody was like got online and took it out of context and shared the clip, could get me in a lot of trouble this week, okay? And if we're honest, just sharing it in context will do the same thing this week. <clears throat> so, um, so I got some things to say. Uh, the, um, the authorities and the medical establishment might be mad at me after this sermon, and I just want you to know I'm not suicidal. And so... <laughs> Plus, this isn't directed at Hillary anyway, all right? So we're gonna be fine, but um, no, I, I'm, I'm playing with you, I'm sorry. I'm, told you, I'm gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun today. You wanna have some fun in church? All right, can we talk about hard things and have fun too? Come on, amen. But, um, but no, this is in all seriousness, a bit of a difficult thing um, because I don't wanna hurt people. I don't wanna hurt people's feelings just for the heck of it, but I do wanna help people. And so, um, so if you're all right with that, let's get right into it. So if you've got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. Um, <clears throat> while you're looking that up, hey, if you're new, thanks for coming to church today. I don't always preach on health, like physically, um, but I am today. Actually, I think I've preached about 520 times here. And I, um, this is my first time doing a sermon on your physical health. So, hmm. 
So I've done a massive disservice for the last 10 years by not speaking on it, but we will today. Sound good? So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and, and um, also, if you don't mind, uh, a little, I've been a little bit unwell this week, so it's super ironic that this is what I'm preaching on today. And, um, but uh, when I, I eat a lot of fruits and veggies and meat and stuff, and, but when I am sick, I just mainline that stuff. You know, I'm like, give me like 100 servings a day. And so, so I'm getting better, and, um, but we'll be all right. So, <clears throat> so as I'm coughing... I understand, I get the irony, okay? I get the irony, all right? <laughs> so, but, um, so, Gen- uh, sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. And we're just gonna start here and we're gonna bounce from there, okay? We're gonna start here, we're gonna bounce from here. Okay, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your what? Body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were purchased for a price. So glorify God in your body. So therefore, honor God with your bodies, is what it says in the the NIV. Honor the Lord with your bodies. Come on, let's pray, and then you can take your seats. Heavenly Father, please help all of us to receive something from your word today. Whether we're fit as a fiddle or unhealthier than we've ever been, God, help us to receive from your word today. God, I know I do and I know we all have to humble ourselves to receive from your word. And God, I pray that all of us would leave this week better because we came the week, the one out of 520 Sundays that we talked about this. God, we're not gonna let our Western culture give us excuses. But instead, God, we want to line our whole lives up with your word. So I pray that as we remain open to your word, not just my thoughts, but your word, that Lord, that we would all get to live a little longer, preach a little louder, love a little extra, and build a little more for your kingdom because we came to church humbled ourselves and received your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Someone say, amen. 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 Come on, you can high five 87 of your neighbors and take a seat. To be honest with you, I feel like I only heard 87 high fives. And so I feel like nobody high fived 87 neighbors, but... All right. Well, we're going to start. I'm just going to jump right in. Sound good? All right. Um, Why am I preaching this sermon? Um, Well, trust me, I know this is a difficult subject to preach, okay? I know that. This is a hard one. Uh, Haven't been excited about it, if I'm honest. I know that I may get emails this week and video clips circulated and whatever else, um, but, so I'm not like super into it, but I do know it's good for us. Um, it's a tough topic because a lot of people want health, right? We want health, but a lot of people want that health to come as a result of prayer or a result of a pill or uh, something. We want traction without action, you know? And, uh, 
But God is calling us to partner with Him, just like in our finances we talked about last week, just like in our relationships two weeks ago, and just like in our mental health that, um, that my friend uh, Pastor Troy Maxwell will share on next weekend. <clears throat> but we, we're not going to get traction without action. See, our culture doesn't promote real health. Our healthcare systems seem to mostly promote coping instead of healing because there's no money in healing. There's money in coping. There's money in staying sick, needing a pill and needing a crutch for the rest of your life. And I'm not talking about everyone in healthcare I know. Great guys like Jotham, who's uh, leading worship in, in Audubon right now. And I know like my friend, Dr. Joe on the front row right here. And uh, many, other, uh, many others that are in healthcare that are there to get you through a bad moment or an accident or a situation or an illness. And, and they'll also encourage you to change your life so you don't need to take pills forever. Thank God for good doctors, right? But our systems in general and those who run them would seem to prefer putting you on a pill forever than actually helping you change your life so you don't need to spend money on those pills anymore, right? Or those injections anymore. Because the pills and injections make money for the pharmaceutical industry, but your exercise and your clean eating helps you live free of those organizations and they don't want you free of them, okay? <clears throat> Can I go a little, can I get a little bit harsher? Can I get into some firecrackers right now? Come on, everybody ready for this? All right, all right. I, I, I'm just gonna like drop bombs at the start and then hopefully people love it when it calms down like a third of the way through. So that's my motivation here. See, what I just said though is why the health industry has so wholeheartedly embraced the transgender movement. Because one transgender patient will profit the pharmaceutical industry over a million dollars in pills alone over their lifetime. No, no, that's not, that, that's not the surgeries, that's not the follow-up care, that's not the complications, that's just the pills alone. Most trans kids will profit the medical industry a minimum of five to $15 million more than the average American will profit that industry. Why bother helping these kids heal? Why bother helping these kids uh, uh, discover the truth of God, the design of God, the purposes of God in their lives? Why bother helping them process their confusion when we can make five to $15 million out of them? You cannot trust an establishment like that. Any establishment that promotes that kind of destruction, you cannot trust them at all. You can trust lots of God-honoring and, and, and properly motivated doctors within that establishment, but you cannot trust that establishment itself. I'm convinced of it. We have Rachel Levine. I only use the name Rachel because I don't know their so-called dead name, but Rachel Levine is, the, is one of the highest-ranked health professionals in America. Rachel is a man that believes he's a woman and is the Assistant Secretary of the Health and Human Services in America. Why is he there? Well, they elevated him to reinforce the idea that the trans way of life is a healthy way to live. When every doctor on earth knows for a fact it is one of the most physically unhealthy lifestyles a person could ever choose to live in not to mention the damage it does to family, society, and their own mental health as well. It's 
absolutely unreal. But then we will have somebody, maybe some woke doctor, she might tell you that uh, trans women are real women, but if you told her that she looked just like Rachel Levine or Dylan Mulvaney, she will cry herself to sleep. She may also tell you that big is beautiful, but if you told her she looks exactly like Lizzo, she'd want to punch you in the face because it's a lie. The medical establishment pretends that it is here for your health, but if you didn't take their 63rd booster shot, they hope you die in the winter of death, just to prove their point. Come on, how can you trust those people? That's insane. It's not even that they can't tell me what a woman is, it's that they know they're lying and say it to make money. Can I rant on one more thing? Anyone having fun so far? Who's a little nervous? Hands up if you're nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous too, all right? <clears throat> we got extra security today, come on now. <laughs> but, um, but hey, please don't feel condemned in this moment. This is not my heart. My heart is not condemnation, okay? And I don't want anyone here to feel personally judged or personally condemned, that's not my heart at all. What I've gotta say today, I wanna say because I love everyone in our church and I want to do ministry with you for another 25 to 30 years together, serving the Lord, serving our community, amen? So I'm gonna say this because I love you. During the pandemic, the facts were, not the idea, not the, not, not it seemed, but the facts were that at minimum, 80% of those who died of COVID were overweight. Now, I'm not being mean, and I'm not shaming any of your loved ones who passed away, and I'm not saying it's their fault, and I'm not saying it's your fault. What I am saying is I am shaming and attacking the culture and the authorities that were too gutless to help more of us live through that pandemic. That's what I am saying. <clears throat> If you know that respiratory illnesses kill people who are obese more than anybody else, why would you close down gyms? Why would you lock people inside and reinforce a, a culture that made the average American put on between 35 and 40 extra pounds during the pandemic? Why would you do that if you love your people? Why would you close down parks? Why would you push one solution for three years and not even once recommend that the public eats a salad and goes for a run? Why didn't Anthony Fauci, who I love that guy so much, <laughs> I can't even leave it out there as a joke, I don't. You know, I don't. No, I love him as a, someone God created. Why didn't Anthony Fauci, Fauci, why didn't Anthony Fauci even once say, hey, it turns out weight is playing a problem in this thing, and so instead of giving everyone thousands of dollars like everybody wants, we're just gonna help educate people on healthy eating and make gym memberships free for two years. We're gonna pay them. You know, even then, like, do better with the money, right? But, but like, why, why don't they, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they, why did he not once even mention exercise and healthy lifestyles? Not once, not once. Someone asked him about it, his response, well, right now, we're just, we're just, we're just working on the vaccine. It's like, that's it? That's it, nothing else? Like, why? I'll tell you why. Because you're asked about it and still can't say work on your health. Yeah. Obviously, there's an ulterior motive. And you eating healthy does not make them more money and it does not let them keep controlling your life. Your exercising does not make them more money. 
They want us poor, broken, unhealthy, and dependent on them, just like the devil. Who, who came, the devil came to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have life abundantly. Can someone say amen? We live in clown world, in upside down, where bitter has been called sweet. Isaiah talked about that. Woe to you who call bitter sweet. Woe to you who call sweet bitter. Woe to you who call good evil. Woe to you who call evil good. Woe to you liars. And we live in that world now, clown world. And I'm not saying that everything about the medical community is wrong. If you're new here and you're a doctor and you're like, holy crap. Listen, if I break a leg, take me to that doctor. If I have an accident, take me to the doctor. If I have a heart attack someday, take me to the doctor. If I do things wrong and I have a heart attack because of my own choices still, take me to that doctor. If I get a bacterial infection, take me to that doctor. Load me up on that penicillin, I'll do what you say. Thank God for doctors. I'd be dead if not for doctors. I would be dead if not for doctors. Some of you wouldn't have survived being born uh, prematurely if not for doctors. Some of your kids wouldn't be here if not for doctors. I'd be dead if the doctors didn't operate on my heart when I was 17. Thank God for doctors. But let's not pretend that today's medical community in its entirety and those who are overseeing it all care about our health as much as our money. Let's do health for real. Let's do real health, yeah? And the thing about real health is it feels healthy. And it just makes sense. Scripture really does have a lot to say about how we eat, how we drink, what we eat, what we drink. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of passages. Honestly, I knew there was a lot, but in preparation for this message over the last couple of years, I've been reading a lot, but this week I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, there's some, and all these different examples that he ties back to exercise and to running or, 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 or to being healthy. There's so much extra periphery stuff that's referring to health and fitness as well. And so um, there's a lot in there about how we eat, drink, foods, and being active, being ready uh, to be able to do what we're called to do, uh, being strong and healthy. And, but they're just not like packaged up in like one little chapter. So I can't like roll up in here today and be like, all right, everybody, here is God's health plan. It's all found in Joshua chapter 3. That's not it. All right. It, it, it's spread out all throughout the Word of God. So today... I'm going to give you. Um, I'm going to give you instead a whole bunch of scripture, uh, because scripture commands us to care for our bodies. So we're going to use wisdom. We're going to talk about a few ways that we can live a better and a healthier life. I'm going to show you how scripture spoke to these things, these ideas, long before we discovered the science in them. Um, and uh, we'll briefly speak in a few themes like exercise, like eating well, sugar, rest and sleep maybe. And, um, and I was going to give you all the stats in the world. Like we've got this great LED screen. I'm like, let's load her up with all these statistics or, or as Jim Carrey would say, statistics, you know. And, um, and I was going to like load them all up on there. But I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'll share just a couple of statistics. Well, you know, a couple, two or three here or there. But what I really want to do is I want to show you the word of God and show you that God does care about your health. 
okay? So that's what we're going to do today, all right? And so I hope that you leave this place having made a choice that you're going to work on honoring the Lord with your body and that you'll connect with people and start making changes in your life. My goal is not that we have a church of supermodels uh, where everybody's just taut, trim, terrific, and got abs to, for days, you know. And, um, but, um, but just that you would say, I'm going to start lining my life up uh, with fully alive and uh, vitality and health. Uh, to honor God, amen? <clears throat> so first one, God cares about your body, all right? God cares about your body, all right? And uh, your body is a gift from God. Like every other good thing that you have in your life, your body is a gift from God. When he created you, he created your body, your mind, your spirit, like boom, right now. He wasn't standing around and God's like, man, Gabriel, what are we going to do with all these extra souls we got floating around here? And Gabe's like, you thought about making some jars of clay, some earthen vessels, some bodies to put them in? And God's like, brilliant, let's do that. Not how it happened. God made you. And at that time, when you were made, when God created you, 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 you came into existence, your body and your mind, your spirit, all at once. That's when God made you. So our bodies aren't just these like earthen vessels to house our spirit that one day just whatevs. No, 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 no. God created the physical and the spiritual at the same time, both being special, both being a gift from God. My immortality is a gift from God, but so is my mortal body as well. But the thing is, when God created us, we weren't supposed to one day be separated from our spirit and our body. That's actually what the pain of death is. It's the tearing apart of the body and the soul that were meant to exist together forever. Christianity isn't a die and go to heaven religion. It's sure, we will die and we will go to heaven, but we're also called to a resurrection, amen? And every denomination in Christianity believes and agrees that we're supposed to be as we were in the beginning forever. And that in eternity, we will all receive resurrected bodies. I don't know how. People are like, can I get cremated? Don't care if, um, you know, the people that died, you know, 5,000 years ago, Somehow he's going to resurrect that, he'll resurrect you too, all right? Don't worry about it. But there is resurrection. He speaks to the resurrected body all throughout Scripture. And if you want more about that, just go to my sermon on death from two years ago um, or, or the one on hell from a, couple of week, a few weeks ago uh, for a better understanding of those statements. But the point I'm trying to make is that the body's not like, oh, this will do. No, it's a gift from God. And if we're supposed to steward all that God gives us, your body is included in that. Amen. Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, someone say your bodies, as a living sacrifice. To present what as a living sacrifice? Your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. 1 Corinthians 6, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, our passage from the start. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. What is? Your body is a temple, and that temple is holy. Your body is a holy holy and a sacred gift from God. 
Come on now. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, my body's holy. Come on now. And all the single young men, I've been telling you for years, sit next to the girl you got a crush on. I'll always give you an opportunity to sort of, you know. I know all the men are going to go home tonight, look at their wives and be like, this is holy. This from the top of my head to the tip of my toe, this is holiness, baby. (laughs) So seeing that God does care about our bodies and that he even says our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, warns us, don't destroy your bodies. See, God cares about our bodies and he wants us to care about it too. God cares about your body and he wants you to care about it too. Amen? It's important that you know that. It's not just, it's not just a disposable tissue. It's a gift from God. Okay? Number two, God designed your body to move. The first chapter of the Bible notes how basic movement is life. Living creatures move. It says in verse 6, God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with the waters which swarm. Verse 7, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves. Come on now. So many times, so many times throughout all of Scripture, God denotes how life and movement run together. God designed us to move. Life is to move. God doesn't want us sedentary, amen. In Genesis chapter 7 and chapter 8, all flesh that died, sorry, all and all flesh died that moved on the earth. Every beast and creeping thing and every bird and everything that moves on the earth. Leviticus 11, this is the law about the beast and the bird and every creature that moves. Ecclesiastes 4, I saw all the living who move under the sun. Genesis chapter 9, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. See, God seems to like movement. When God's talking about life, He's talking about movement. He's talking about activity. God designed us to move. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures as well that speak how we need to move our bodies. We need to not be lazy. We shouldn't be a sloth or a sluggard, as God says. But it's because God wants us to move. We live in such a sedentary world, don't we? Right? Where not moving is viewed as progress. We're having Uber get my food so I don't have to move, and that's progress. We have TVs where we get to watch other people move, so we don't have to move. Then one day we realized how annoying it was to have to move to change the channel, so we invented the remote control so we don't have to move. When we're sick of watching them move and we wanna watch them move, we can click the button. Then we totally messed up that whole situation by getting rid of the cord on the remote thinking that's gonna make life easier. But now we spend more time moving, looking for the click, click, than we ever spent walking to the TV. I think God invented the cordless remote. God's like, hey, Gabriel, buddy, I'm so sick of these folks just sitting on the couching, not moving, watching people move, thinking that's living. Then they got their remotes and they just sit there sedentary. Gabriel's like, God, have you thought about cutting the cord off their click clicks? Now watch them spend 10 times more time looking for that remote than they ever spent standing up and walking to the television. Then Gabriel was like, and by the way, God, 
make the battery covers so weak and flimsy that they fall off them all the time, and then they gotta get up and move their bodies to the grocery store to get more batteries. And batteries will be like socks. No one will know where they go, they just go. <clears throat> God's like, brilliant! They'll probably call it progress. Part of honoring God with your body is moving that body. Come on, touch your neighbor, say, move that body. <laughs> Part of honoring God is moving that body, amen? Doing things with it. Using that thing that God gave you. Choosing the stairs over the lift. Or the, ah, I forgot it again. Elevator. We call it a lift in Australia. Choose the stairs. Now, don't get me wrong, if it's on the 31st floor, I'm going to take that lift. Boom, all the way up there, like, like I'm not an athlete, you know. <clears throat> I do want my calves to work coming down the stairs. But I'm going to use it. Sometimes choose the, choose the stairs instead of the lift. Going up one or two stories, all of you can do that. Some of us slower than others. Some of us need the handrail. Some of us got to use our arms as well. And that's okay. You'll get fitter and fitter as you go. But move that body. Move it. And as you do, you're glorifying God. First Timothy says, train yourself for godliness. And in that regard, physical training is of some use. Now, it does go on to mention that more important is spiritual training. Absolutely. Come on now. That's why we spend most of the time talking about how we honor the Lord in our lives and our choices and our spirits and our hearts and our minds. Absolutely. And we're only spending this one weekend talking about your body. But it does still say, hey, train yourself for godliness and physical training is of some use. He could have just said, train yourself for godliness, especially spiritually. But he goes, and physical training, it is of some use. And so we should train our bodies, amen? Come on, God wants you to move. He wants you to move it, move it. He wants you to move, amen? So my advice to you, if you want to honor the Lord with your body, is start moving that body. Start walking every day. Get 45 minutes of intentional movement into your day. And I don't mean like how your Apple Watch, you know, you move for like two minutes at 8 a.m. and three minutes later on and, you know, and it adds it all up at the end of the day and says, you moved 45 minutes today. And like, you're like, I do not even remember that. You know what I mean? Like, no, I mean like get 45 minutes a day and intentionally move that body. Did you know that as you go for a walk around that block, you are honoring the Lord with your body? Did you know as you get on that elliptical, as you go for that bike ride, as you get at that gym, did you know as you go for a walk, you listen to a podcast or you're just praying or you're just thinking, or you're just moving, you're honoring God with your body. You're worshiping God by doing what He says. Worship is obedience. Obedience is worship. Come on now. And when you move your body, you're honoring the Lord with your body. So my advice is get 45 minutes of intentional movement into your day. And as you do, you're pleasing God as you move that body. Shake that. No, don't shake that. Nah. <laughs> Who wants another one? We went up. We're like, boom, out the gate. Then I was like, let's just be nice. But we're going to go back up for a second. And um, this is good for all of us, every one of us, okay? Um, God still hates gluttony. God still hates gluttony. Did you know that? He still does. He can be a little harsh on it throughout Scripture, actually. It's quite crazy. One example would be in Proverbs. And 
This is New Testament stuff. We'll get there in a second. I just want to share a little bit. Proverbs 23 says, listen, my son, and be wise. Set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. When it talks about becomes poor, it's not just talking that financially you'll come to ruins. It's talking about your life will be poor. There'll be poverty in your health as we live a gluttonous life. Do not join those who engage in that. They'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to go and hang out at the pub with everyone who's getting drunk all the time. <clears throat> Don't join them there. I have a lot of people say, well, I'm a witness there. And I'm like, Sure you are. They don't remember the conversation. Okay? Come on now, right? Philippians 3.19, their end is destruction, their God is their belly. And hey, let's not forget that amongst the sins of Sodom, amongst the complaints that God had about Sodom, according to Ezekiel chapter 16, was how overfed they were. Can I tell you, God hates gluttony because gluttony hates you. God hates gluttony because gluttony hates you. And God loves you. Jesus died for you. Yes, Jesus heals you. God doesn't hate gluttony because he doesn't want you to have fun or enjoy life. And again, I'm picking on the angels a little bit today, but he wasn't up there being like, yo, Michael, Gabe, boys, what extra rules can we make so that these fools don't enjoy life? Gabriel pipes up and he's like, you know, I, I think they really love that food. We could tell them not to eat it. That'd be funny. That's not what happened. See, too much of it hurts you. And so a loving father says, okay, okay, let me help you all out here. Don't be a glutton. See, God does want us to enjoy food. Why do you make it taste so good? Why do you give us taste buds? God wants us to enjoy food, right? <clears throat> he says multiple times throughout Scripture in many different contexts, some positive, some negative, eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. Not merry lutes, merry happy. Okay? Eat, drink, and be merry. Come on now, right? He talks about how he provided us with plants and animals for food. He talks about cooking and baking. He even gave us recipes. Come on now. God wants you to enjoy some food. Can I get an amen? God wants you to live a long and a prosperous and a happy life. God wants you to have a life full of joy, full of strength, movement, health, peace and vitality come on now so can i encourage us in our efforts to honor the whole word of god to not only focus on the sins such as lying or stealing or cheating or sexual sins or transgenderism or can we not only focus on those but but can we with with humble hearts just be like and lord help me too cuz i understand this isn't easy I want to keep an eye on my own struggles, Lord. I want to watch what I eat and drink. I want to watch out for the traps of overeating. Not, I don't want to make excuses 
for the weight gain. And can I be honest, to be clear, to be clear, Scripture does not say that obesity is sin. Did you know that? It doesn't say that. It says overeating, gluttony is. Because it leads to obesity, which hurts you. Usually comes from a lack of movement and overeating. And 70%, 70, this is why God hates it, okay? 70% of all non-congenital diseases, non-congenital, like I, I was born with a hole in the heart. I wasn't overeating in the womb. Weird baby though, right? Like, you know, your baby eats a lot. <laughs> 70% of all non-congenital diseases come from obesity and overeating. 70%. And 100% of all conditions are exacerbated by obesity. And that's why it's considered to be one of the most important comorbidities when we're looking at people living a healthy and a successful life. It hurts you. But can I be clear? It doesn't say, hey, look at these sinners and these not. No, no, no. It's the overeating. It's the gluttonous lifestyle. That's the sin. See, we can all, while looking trim, taut, and terrific, go and sin at Terror Grill today. The skinniest person in here could sin with gluttony today as they go to Terror Grill and they're like, give me all the meats. So it's just Bible. I'm sorry, everybody. Right? Because sorry, some people are like, but I wanted to judge Steve. Sorry, Steve, if there's any Steves in here. No, no, no. We all can fall victim to this sin of gluttony. Every one of us. Skinniest person in the room could sin this afternoon in gluttony, just like anyone else. You know that? See, what I don't want to do is be the church that just is like, looks at people and judges. I don't want to do that. I've got a friend, Dusty. I don't know if any of you have met Dusty, but you've all probably heard me pick on him from stage. I do a a fair bit. Um, He's just, his name's Dusty. It's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, you can't not pick on that friend. Plus, I'm Australian, and if I pick on you, it means I love you. And so, um, so anyway, so Dusty, um, if you've met him, Dusty's missing some fingers, like just, just be gone. Because uh, Dusty's like, you know what, I'm going to use power tools, but I don't really care that much for safety. And so he cut his fingers off. Either that, that's what he tells us, maybe he was in sin. And Scripture's like, if your fingers cause you to sin, cut them off. And Dusty's like, goodbye, fingers! But Dusty's missing some fingers. Now, if you looked at Dusty and you thought about his health and you thought, what does Dusty need? You'd be like, Dusty needs fingers. Dusty doesn't care about the fingers. Do you know what's affecting his health more than his fingers? Plantar fasciitis. That's been making it hard for him to run for months. And you asked him, he'd tell you it's, it's, it's the plantar Can we be the church that loves people enough to know about the plantar fasciitis and not just the fingers? So we don't want to look at people and be like, that person's this, this, this. No, no, no. No, no. We all can have different things going on in our lives, in our bodies that you don't know and aren't aware of. Right. Amen? Amen? We could all go to Terror Grill today and sin, and I'm not trying to shut down Terror Grill. I love it there. So do my kids. <laughs> Hands up if you don't even know what it is. It's all you can eat and every piece of meat that you've ever wanted in your life. 
<clears throat> someone just goes, I'm going today. <laughs> like, there you go, I didn't hurt them, I helped them. So. <laughs> now, while we're talking about gluttony and all this other stuff though, but let's be clear, no matter how healthy or unhealthy we are, no matter how fully mobile we are, or even if we have no use of our legs, there's no medical conditions on earth that will force us to consume more calories than our bodies need. None. I used to be like, oh no, what about this and this? But there's no medical condition on earth that makes somebody consume more calories than their body needs. Some diseases will make your body use the calories poorly, but we still can eat less and eat better. And as we focus though, here's the deal, we don't wanna focus on losing weight to be healthy. We wanna focus on being healthy and our weight will follow that. Okay, we don't need to worry, let's not try to, oh, I wanna be this or I wanna, let's just, I wanna be healthy. Now the fact that there's no diseases that will make you consume more calories than your body needs, <clears throat> that's actually really good news. That's great news. Because that means that every single one of us can take one more step today towards fully alive. Amen? That means that all of us have the ability tomorrow to do a little better than we did today. All of us can begin the journey. We can all decide right now. Mercy for yesterday, Lord, but today and tomorrow I'm gonna use my body to honor the Lord. First Corinthians says, so whatever you eat or drink, Whatever you do, do it all to honor God. So as we get ready to close, I wanna just share something real practical because I didn't wanna preach that message and have everyone wanna stab me but not give anyone any practical advice, okay? So I wanna give some practical advice. Um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna bust out another 50 scriptures because I've busted out about 50 already. But what I wanna do is I just, I just wanna give you some practical advice. All of this scripture does speak to. Um, but I wanna give you a little bit of advice, a bit of a personal experience um, for how I started eating better many years ago and what we try to do in our house. Um, but particularly it's like, you now we can all be like, well, what about our house? No, no, for me, it's particularly like, this is what I do, okay? Um, even if my wife wasn't on board, thank God she is, but this is what I was doing anyway. Does that make sense? And so, um, so this is how I started eating a little better many years ago. Um, I didn't spend all my time trying not to eat things other than one thing. Um, uh, I, the one thing I decided I'm not gonna eat was anything with added sugar, okay? Um, no added sugar or corn syrup. Um, so I check every label. I'm like, has this water got any added sugar in it? Surprisingly, some does, you know? <clears throat> so I check every label. I don't want any added sugar. But the main thing I did was, I, instead of trying to be scared of what I, you know, don't wanna touch this or that, I, I decided I'm gonna add things in. So I decided I'm gonna eat seven fruits and vegetables every single day, okay? Now that's easy, I come from Australia where a home cooked meal is you know, a piece of meatloaf or some sausages, maybe a steak and three or four vegetables. That's, you know, over here a home cooked meal is um, salad with marshmallows in it, you know? Um, but, <coughs> but it is, it blew my mind. I was like, your salad has sugar. Okay, and um, so, um, but in Australia, it's not that. Now, Australia used to be a lot better, but then they locked everyone in their houses for what felt like three years, and now Australia is actually more unhealthy than America. So, so let's not judge you. They're doing way worse now. Who knew that would happen when you lock people up for three years, right? 
But, um, but anyway, so, so it was easier for me to adapt to this, but I eat seven fruits and veggies every day. Yesterday I ate broccoli, asparagus, potato, sweet potato, apple, lemon, and raspberries, um, or raspberries as we say it in Australia. Now seven's a lot, maybe you can add just five fruits and veggies every day. You will get healthier, and you, it fills you up. Can I tell you, by the way, the, the, one of the best reasons for not eating sugar is asparagus and broccoli taste amazing now. They, they were awful back then, partly for two reasons. Number one, my mum does not know how to cook um, asparagus or um, what are those other little awful things? Or Brussels sprouts. You know, anyone's mum cooked Brussels sprouts when you were young and you were like, this is like satanic food. It's like squishy and tastes like a fart, you know? And you're like, why am I eating this? You know? Um, Look, play that back slowly, and no, I didn't cuss, okay? Um, it sounded like it. That was my accent. And uh, anyway, I got older and realized, you know what? Veggies are a little bit better with a little bit of El Dante crunch, you know? Um, don't know where I'm at now. <clears throat> Maybe, oh, yeah, I was just saying, without the um, sugar, it's amazing how good veggies and fruit taste. Tastes amazing. And I promise you, if you don't eat sugar for a month, you'll start loving fruits and veggies. They'll be the sweetest things in your life, and you'll be like, this is amazing, right? But you will get healthier, and as your body gets healthier, it'll naturally start losing weight. So I just don't eat anything that contains added sugar. I'll eat natural sugars, like lactose in my milk, and Lord knows I love my milk in my lattes, 1,200 of them a day. I love them. They're amazing. <laughs> Our friends over there are like, he does love his lattes. <laughs> And so I got lactose and I got fructose in my apples and in my raspberries, but no added sugars. And God knew about the problem we were all going to have with sweet foods. Proverbs 25 says, and if you found honey, eat only enough, lest you have your fill of it and vomit. God knows what this stuff's going to do to us, doesn't he? Right? See, recently I told you the story. Who was here when I told the story about getting the, the CT scan? The, the, sorry, the, um, the calcium scoring scan on my heart. Hands up if you were here. Cool. A lot of you weren't. Let's, I'm only going to take two more minutes on it. But long story short, I was at the doctor. I go to the doctor every year or two for a heart checkup. And because uh, I had heart surgery when I was 17, open heart surgery, they tore it out, cut it open, sliced it up, put stitches on it, and put it back. And um, that's literally the process, the very specific process. Uh, so I get a checkup every year or two. When I'm there this time, the guy's like, well, you're getting old now. And I'm like, you're getting old. And then um, he's like, so we should probably do a check and see if you've got any, you know, how much calcium or plaque is building up in your arteries, in your heart. Um, and there's this thing called a calcium scoring. And I'm like, uh, okay, let's go do that. And as I walk out, I'm like, immediately, I'm like, well, for sure, I'm going to die. That's why they're doing this. This is the worst, you know. Uh, like everyone else, right? You hear about a test and you're like, well, until I pass that test, I'm dying, you know. And so anyway, so we go in, I do the scoring, um, we come out, the, the nurse calls me and goes, well, the score's from zero to 100, and congratulations, you're at zero. And I'm like, woohoo! And then she's, and I'm like, I'm alive, I'm a stud, I'm a picture of health. I call my wife, I'm like, baby, from now on, you can call me my lord, because I am that good, you know, <laughs> live forever. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then she says on the phone, the nurse practitioner, she goes, uh, so your score is zero, so, uh, so keep eating that low-fat diet. And I was like, sweetheart, I haven't had a low-fat day in my life. But I don't eat sugar. And did you know, did you know, did you know this, that for the plaque and the calcium to stick to your arteries in your heart, the insulin in your blood needs to be spiked. Did you know that? 
So you know if you just don't eat any high, like high GI stuff and you don't eat added sugars, because fructose and lactose and fruits, their GI is a lot lower. Not the fruit juice, but the actual fruit itself. Did you know that if you eat that, it doesn't spike? Hello. May the Lord bless you, Astrid. Did you know that if you don't have spiked insulin, eat that butter. You know what I mean? Eat that meat. And I eat so much, like, of whatever I want like that, not, not to the point where I'm, like, adding more calories than I should. <clears throat> but even God knew that sugar was going to hurt us if we have too much. So I want to encourage you to think about cutting it out of your life. Trust me, a, um, a government that prints a um, health pyramid that has sweetened Cheerios above meat, eggs, and butter hates you. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, uh, uh, someone that tells you that you should eat more Cheerios and less eggs and less meat, that person hates you. It's insanity. It makes no sense, but people fall for it. Can I pivot for a second? Does anyone in here, would anyone in here kill for your kids? Give me a wave, right? Yeah. The women are like, I think so. And the men are like, yep. You know, <laughs> the women are like, I hope I don't have to. And the men are like, when? You know, like, <laughs> like I told the story that, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that if like a train was coming and the bridge was up, letting boats through and there's a train coming and the bridge was up and my kid was playing in the mechanisms, and people tell the story and they're like, and Jesus, if it, Jesus was the kid playing in the mechanisms and God closed the bridge so that you could live. Sacrificed his son. And I'm like, I'd let every one of them die. <clears throat> I would, every one of them. I'd kill for my kids, yeah. Anyone be willing to die for their kids? Give me a wave. Would you be willing to die for your kids? If you don't have kids, would you be willing to die for your niece, for your nephew? Would you be willing? I would. Of course I would, in a moment. But would you be willing to live for them? Like we're willing to kill for them, we're willing to die for them. Are we willing to work hard so we can live for them? It's harder to live for your kids than it is to die for them. See, that takes a moment done. Living for them takes a lifetime. What if you're laying down your life for your kids was laying down that burrito? Laying down that sugar, laying down that soda, laying down your food preferences, laying down that schedule, fitting things in so that you can move that body glorifying God and honoring your kids. We all say, like we all say we're willing to die for the Lord, right? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We said that through the pandemic, right? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, just like Paul. First part is for me to live is Christ. I want to live for Him. How much more could we do for the Lord if we lived a little longer? What if everyone in this room did everything that we're talking about today? Our church, everybody would live an average of five to 10 years longer. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like if, like we're looking at, not looking at, we're buying a new building, <clears throat> selling this building, we're buying a significantly bigger building. We could. 10% of its growth would come just from us not dying. 
And we have people and the people are like, like some people are always like, well, you know, when your time's up, your time's up. And I'm like, that's such a dumb thing to say. I know that when God says my time's up, my time's up. But they're like, well, you won't go until then. I'm like, really? Come on. Okay, then why aren't you jumping out of airplanes without parachutes on, just checking if your time's up? (laughs) Because you know that things we do influence how long we live. You don't sit there playing Russian roulette. Click, ha, good to click. Oh, hey, Jesus. (laughs) Because you know that we can influence how much time we have on earth. Hey, yes, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And yes, when my time's up, my time's up. But I pray that my time is up because God took me, not because I sent myself. Imagine your kids having a dad for 10 years longer, getting them through the hard times of their lives, ministering the gospel to them. What if their salvation depends on daddy being there for longer? What if your grandkids, what if one of your kids walks away for a while so then you've got to minister to your grandkids? but you can't because you're not there. Let's live for the Lord, amen? Let's live for our grandkids. Let's live for our kids. Let's live for our nephews. Let's live to serve each other in the church. Let's live for the Lord. Can I get an amen? So in closing, I'm gonna give you Jesse's basic and biblical health plan. You ready for it? Eat meat. Eat them. Eat those animals. Yummy. So good. I love them. It's good. I joke like if the last cow on earth was right there and they're like, I'd eat it. I'd be like, that cow's going to die because I want some ribeye. You know, like eat the meat. Come on now, eat the meat. It's all good. Eat the meat. Eat four to seven fruits and veggies every day. Every day. Put them in there. What's cool is you sort of fill up on those and don't have a lot of space left. Move intentionally for 45 minutes straight each day. Cut out added sugars. Drink heaps of water and sleep for seven hours every night. And we'll be doing this together for a lot longer. Amen. And then, if God takes you, thank you, Lord, for the gift that was my life. Amen. I know it's hard, but let's live for the Lord. Let's live for the cause. Let's live for our grandkids and our kids and our nephews and our nieces. Let's live for our spouses. Let's live to preach the gospel. Would you all stand up with me now as we get ready to close? Can I let you know something? And I'm not trying to float my own boat or toot my own horn or whatever other metaphor or analogy you can come up with. But it does take a pastor who actually loves you to preach this message, okay? My life would be a lot easier without the emails I'm gonna get tomorrow, okay? But the fact of the matter is I absolutely love you and I absolutely want to serve God with you for another 30 years 20 to 30 years I'm, I'm actually, I think I've got I think I've got 23 years left because I said I'd do 35 years and I'd love it if you and me 
or baptizing your grandkids. In 30 years when we retire or when I retire and, or when maybe you pass away then, I don't know, but we get to look back and go, man, baptized the kids, the grandkids, there's great grandkids on the way. They're all serving the Lord because we lived for the Lord. Amen. That's my hope. That's my prayer. In a moment, I'm going to open the front for prayer. And someone, maybe you're struggling with health issues that have nothing to do with what we just said, congenital or something else that just came into your world. The devil's trying to steal, kill and destroy like he does. Come down for prayer. Let's believe for health and freedom. Not just from your action, but from prayer and the power of God. Amen. We still believe that God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Amen. So come on down for prayer. But maybe there's some things really related to this and you're just like, I'm so sick of struggling with this. So sick of it. Lord, I'm going to do that, but I know it's going to take a heck of a lot of hard work. And remember, we're not asking people to be studs up in here. We're not saying, everybody lose weight. No, we don't care about that. Get healthy and your body will adapt to that. Get healthy, be healthy, your body will adapt to that, okay? We're not judging by it. We're not having scales at the door. Where are the sinners at? Get on the... No. Because there may be someone very skinny eating gluttonous, someone much larger who's changing their lives. And one's not in sin and one is, and it might not be who you think. Fingers, plantar fasciitis, right? But I do want to help you by praying for you. So today again, if you're here and you've been struggling, come on down the front in a moment and we're going to pray for you in any area of your life. But I do want to pray now for the next two, three minutes for people who are away from God, okay? So if you're away from the Lord, you need to give Him your life today. The life that God has planned for you is so much better than the life you have planned for yourself. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then He said, let us make mankind. And at that moment, you popped in God's mind and He assigned this exact time for you to live on earth. And He has a plan for you. He created your body and your spirit at the same time. This is a gift from God. But His plans for your life are better than your plans. His ways are better than your ways. His ways are higher than your ways. And even though when you give your life to Christ, some things in your life are going to have to change for you to honor God, I promise you that even though sometimes following God is harder, it is always better. Amen. And you will find out quick, smart in a hurry, that God's way is better than your way. So I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're going through. But give Him your life today. Say yes to Him and start following Him. And life will be better. Someone wrote a book once, The Life You've Always Wanted. I want to write another book one day and I call it The Life God's Always Wanted for You. Amen. That life is the best life you can live. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Eternity Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.